Well, good morning, Life Church. Great to be here. Yesterday was was wonderful. Yesterday was perfect, right? Perfect day. Um, I think I have a very challenging word for you today. Uh, whose phone is that? Oh no! I supposed to turn off my. Excuse me. I got to get this. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Hello? Yeah. Who is this? Really? Uh, Jesus? No. No, who is this really? Come on, guys. Give me a... Okay, if this is Jesus, then tell me something about myself that nobody else in the world knows. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Well, well, Lord, I hope you don't share that with anyone. Uh, keep it to yourself, yes, I know, just between us, right, Lord? Okay, yeah. You want to do what? You want to talk to the people? Okay, Lord, uh, I'll, I'll put you on speaker. What I'm about to tell you is true. What if someone does not enter the sheep pen through the gate but climbs in another way? That person is a thief and a robber. The one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him. The sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out his, all his own sheep, he goes on ahead of them. His sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Is that it, Lord? Okay, yes, yes, Lord, I'll take it from here. Thank you, Lord. Wow. Wow. Cool. He's always got a word for us, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. So you just heard the audible voice of God. Now, I'm not God, of course, but I'm quoting him with my voice. To hear God's voice, you can hear the audible voice of God anytime you want to. Just read the Bible out loud. Right? I really encourage people to do that. Read it out loud. In John chapter 10, verse 27, I think I have it on the board. Yeah. Just after that passage we read, Jesus said, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. Now, a friend of mine and I were having a conversation, and he said, did you know what the Greek word for voice is in the New Testament? Well, here it is. Phone. It's actually pronounced phone, or phones, or phonen, depending on how it's used in the Scripture. But I thought, whoa, that's pretty cool. The voice in the New Testament is called phone. This computer that we carry in our pockets is a voice coming from everywhere with every possible philosophy, every possible religion, every possible social idea, 
You can even get a MyPillow commercial on this phone. And you can even order your preferred order of balance of nature, if you want, on your phone. Telephone, telephone. The prefix tele in Greek means far off. It indicates something that is transmitted from one place to another. So telephone is a voice that's transmitted from one place to another. That's where we get the word telephone from the Greek. So I got a phone call once, and and, uh, he said, good morning, Thomas. Well, I didn't recognize the voice, so I asked, who is this? I wanted to be sure it was someone that I wanted to talk to. There was somebody who wasn't going to try me, sell me a car warranty. Someone who was not going to give me a political survey. Might be a friend with a question. I wanted to be sure who it was. So there's many tellers in the world. Look at this. Telephone, television, telegram, teletype, telemarket, telescope. There's even a lot more. Transmitting from one place to another. Television, of course, means transmitting a visual image from one place to another. So, a high percentage of people on this earth own telephones, cell cell phones. You can make phone calls and texts, but just about anything you can get on television or on the internet, you can get on your phone. There's also a new psychosis resulting from telephone or cell phone addiction. Did you know there is such a thing as cell phone addiction? And the phobia is called nomophobia. Nomophobia is a fear of being without your cell phone. Have any of you ever had nomophobia? Come on, be honest. Where's my phone? Where's my phone? Oh my gosh, did I leave it in the car? I left it at work. Oh my gosh, where did I put my phone? That's nomophobia. Because you're afraid if you don't find your phone, you're going to be disconnected from the world. Now, we start young with this phone thing. You see this little girl? I was having uh, coffee with a friend at Duncan, and this little girl was sitting at a table with a cell phone. She's two and a half years old. Her name is November. And I thought, whoa, i got to get a picture of this because I'm doing a message about this. They start young, don't they, church? Can I get that Voices title slide up again? Good. So in the world today, we face a lot of kinds of pollution. But I think some of, one of the worst is voice pollution. There are millions of voices every day trying to persuade us to believe this or that, to buy this or that, to go here, go there, to trust this or that, to give to this group or that group, to join this movement or that movement. I'll tell you, the list is absolutely endless of the number of messages that are trying to get through to you, not only through your phone, but through the television and the radio and all the other methods of communication. But we need to watch what voices we listen to in this teleworld. Do we listen to voices that are godly, true, right, worthy of praise? Do we listen to things that build us up? Or do we listen to voices that are ungodly? Voices that stir up our flesh or our worldliness or our pride? The Bible says that one of the signs of the end times is that people will be lovers of themselves. A friend of mine said that today it should read lovers of them selfies. (laughs) Right? You know anybody like that? 
who's a lover of them selfies. Now, I'm not against cell phones. I got one. And I'll admit to getting hooked on it quite often. But I'm beginning to realize I've got to be careful of how much time I spend on that thing. They're not evil. The cell phones aren't evil, but they're communication devices. That's all they are. But it's important to know, for example, where these voices come from. Who is this, we need to ask. When we hear a voice, who is this? Who's trying to get my attention? Now, there's basically only four sources of voices in the world. Can anybody name the sources? Can you guess what one of the sources is? Well, God's kingdom is one, right? That's one source, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. That's a voice. Satan's kingdom is another voice. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. It's another voice. He tries to trip us up. Another voice is in our own mind, right? There's a voice in your mind that wants to talk to you. This morning, I woke up in an ungodly hour with voices in my head saying, what about this and what about that? Did you take care of that? Did you, are you going to remember this? And, and then the fourth is other people. Their own ideas, their own conclusions, their own persuasions to you. So these, it's interesting that these four voices were in the Garden of Eden. You realize that. Number one was God's voice. What did God say? Don't eat from that tree or you'll die. There was Satan's voice, the serpent, who said, that's crazy. You won't die. If you eat that fruit, you can be just like God. And then there was Eve who said to herself, her inner voice, who said to herself, well, that fruit looks great, looks delicious, and I want to be wise like God. So she took a bite. And then, of course, Eve's voice, when she came to Adam, Adam listened to Eve's voice when she came to Adam, and she said to him, this fruit is great, honey. Take a bite. And he listened to her voice and took a bite. And then came the blame game. I think I got a slide of that. Yeah, that's the blame game, right? That woman you gave me, Adam said to God, that woman you gave me made me do it. And Satan pointed to the serpent and said, wait a minute, it was the serpent that made me do it. And the serpent didn't have a leg to stand on. (laughs) But there's only one voice that was totally ignored in the garden. Whose voice was that? God's voice was ignored, was set aside. And the rest is history. The world is in a mess right now, headed for destruction, because so many people are ignoring the voice of God. They're listening to the voice that promotes Satan's agenda of lying, stealing, killing, destroying. They're listening to voices that encourage the lust of the eyes. You know, I want more of this and I want more of that and that's all about me. And the lust of the flesh, I want to feel good. I want to, I want to have good things that make me feel good. And the pride of life, it's all about me. What makes me feel good. Those things are the voices that are being promoted all over the world, and people are listening to them. The Bible warns about false teachers in the church. 
encouraging people to turn a deaf ear to God's voice. Their own agendas, their own actions. Get with those, that voice says, those, those voices say. This is what you can be. You can make something of yourself. You can do this on your own. You can take care of this. And they drift away. A lot of people drift away from obedience to God's voice. A lot of people drift away from real faith in his word, which is his voice on paper. 1 Timothy 4.1 says this, The Holy Spirit clearly says, in other words, the Holy Spirit speaks, doesn't he? The Holy Spirit clearly says that in the last days, some people will leave the faith. They will follow spirits that will fool them. They will believe things that demons teach them. Wow. So what I want to encourage us to do, and I need it, just, I'm listening to this just like you are, because I got weaknesses. I've got things that need to change in my life as well. But I'm trying to pursue one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit with everything that's in me, and that is the gift of discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits. And that is found in 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 10. He gives one person the power to perform miracles. This is the Holy Spirit. And another, the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability, now here it is, is the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. And then in verse 11, it says, It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone, the Holy Spirit alone, decides which gift each person you should have. I went through a time in my Christian life where I thought I could decide what gift I had. I want to operate in the gift of healing, Lord. I want to operate in the gift of prophecy, Lord. God said, that's nice, but no. Didn't work out too well. There's just a few of the gifts in the, in the Bible mentioned in this, in this particular passage of Scripture. But all true believers... If you're a true believer of Christ today, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. He is in there. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you, the Bible tells us. And it's the truth. He has not changed. <clears throat> Let me say that again. The Holy Spirit has not changed. He is the same as he was in the New Testament. The same Holy Spirit. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever because he is God. This means, listen now, this means that every gift of the Holy Spirit came with him when he came to live in you. He brought all his gifts. He didn't leave some out. He brought them all. But it's up to the Holy Spirit whether or not those gifts are energized in our lives. It's according to his will. And it's according to our need, and it's according to the need of the kingdom of God, which gifts are being used at what time. And the Holy Spirit helps us to discern or to tell or to determine what kind of a spirit is speaking to us at all times. This isn't just something we do once a day. This is something we need to be sensitive to all the time because we are, we are just mobbed with voices trying to persuade us. I don't know how your hearing is, but my wife said to me one day, she said, you haven't heard a word I've said. 
And I'm thinking, now that's a strange way to start a conversation. I guess she was right. But I wonder sometimes if God says that, right, Pastor? I make God say, hey, hey, you haven't heard a word I've said. I think so it happens to me once in a while. In this church, life church, you have many voices. You've got the voice of truth in this church. You really do. I've, last, I've listened to the past four messages from this church before I came. I told Pastor Travis this morning, he talked about something that impacted me. The influence every disciple has, the influence that you have is powerful as a believer. Then yeah. I listened to Brett Hollis talk about how you deal with tests in your life. Then I listened to Pastor Bob about God's rescue, how God rescues us. And then the next week, he talked about prayer. Prayer is God's voice and my voice working together. My voice and God's voice, conversation. But I particularly was impressed when, Pastor, you talked about Garrett Kell's testimony, about how God pursued him. And you know how God pursues him? By using other disciples of Christ, speaking God's voice to him. So he was pursued by many voices until finally he said, I give up. <laughs> I give up. Wow. That, and that's you. That's me. We're, we, have that, we have that ability to make a difference in people's lives. Today you're listening to my voice. I'm, I'm, I'm doing my best to, to speak God's word to you. You need to test what I say. You need to test what I say. Just because I said it, and I'm this unknown pastor from Florida. You have to test what I say. Nobody, even when you have a famous person who's got this huge ministry worldwide, and they say something, you need to test what they say. That's right. There's a lot of deception out there. It's okay to test it according to the word of God. Yeah. Now, we have a holy hearing aid. His name is the Holy Spirit. Yeah. He will help us hear. That we were praying this morning. I said, Lord... Don't let them just listen. Let them hear. Let them hear. Let it, be, let it become part of you. So we've got a holy hearing aid. He's called the Holy Spirit. And, and we need to, he puts the things we hear to the test. Is this a truth or a lie? Is this going to help me or hurt me? Is this speaking life or death? Is this worthwhile for me to be listening to this voice, or is it wasteful? Why am I spending my time listening to this voice? Will, it, will, this, will this voice build me up, or will it tear me down? Those are the questions we need to ask of the Holy Spirit, and he will speak to us. He'll, he does it to me, too. He'll say, <clears throat> why are you spending your time looking at that? Why are you spending your time listening to that? Is this, is this helpful? And I have to say, well... No. <laughs> in Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21, even in the old covenant, God was speaking, right? Even in the Garden of Eden, God was speaking. He's still speaking today. But in Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21, it says, right behind you, a voice will say, a voice will say, this is the way you should go, whether to the right or to the left. Wow. 
And then in John 16, verse 13, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will guide you. He is the voice with you, behind you, if you will, guiding us into truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He is in direct communication within the Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Direct communication. Now, when Jesus was hungry in the wilderness, remember when the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness and he was tested by the devil? When he got hungry, the devil came to him and said, Well, you've been fasting for 40 days. How about turning this stone into bread? You can do that. You're the, if you're the Son of God, you can turn this stone into bread. And Jesus said, Well, man does not live by bread alone, but by what? By every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. God is speaking words through his mouth to us. And we need to be listening. At one time, Jesus had, had done some very challenging teaching to his Jewish audience. Challenging teaching, a big crowd. Jesus had a way of thinning out the crowd, you know that? He could thin out the crowd. He said, well, this is a big crowd, but I think most of them are here for a free lunch. So I'm going to teach them some truth and see how they respond. So he taught them. He said, I am the bread of life. He said, if you want to be my disciple, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood. Whoa! His Jewish audience went bonkers. And then it goes on to say here, in verse 63 of John 6, Jesus said, right after this teaching, he said, the words I have spoken to you, the voice you're hearing, the words I have spoken to you are full of the Spirit, and they give life. And then in verse 66, it says, from this time on, after this message, many of his disciples turned back. They no longer followed him. You don't want to leave also, do you? He asked the 12 disciples. And Simon Peter answered him, and we need to answer him the same way. Lord, where are we going to go? Who are we going to go to? You have the words of eternal life. And we've come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. You are the Messiah. You are God himself in flesh. Hmm. I think sometimes... You may hear a challenging word from this pulpit, from a good teacher somewhere. And it may challenge you and say, well, I don't know if I can follow that. I don't know if I want to follow that. I don't know if I'm really up to that. And God will say, follow me. Jesus says, follow me. I've got the words you need to hear. I've got the words of eternal life. Don't go anywhere else. Don't give up. Stay with me. I'm going to finish up with another illustration. I've got a picture of the city gate. Yeah. Now, in ancient cities, they all had gates at the entrance to the city. And the gates were there to, to, uh, to filter the people who come into the city. They, they, the judges sat inside the gate. The the elders of the city sat inside the gate. Uh, the government of the city sat inside the gate. 
And when someone would come through the gate, they would question him. If they didn't know who it was, they would question him. Find out, who are you? Why are you here? Where did you come from? What is your business here? What are you planning to do here? If they did not pass the test, they weren't allowed in the city. They didn't let them. Because guess what? If they let that person into the city with wrong motives, it's really tough to get rid of them. Right? You let him in, you, you might not ever be able to find him again, and he'd be out his nefarious business, doing his thing, doing his thing, messing up the city. So they had to judge everybody that came into the city. They also kept out enemies by closing the gate, not letting the enemy in at all, slamming the gate shut. If there was a bunch of them, they had to keep out. Now hear me. We have to guard the gate of our city. We have to guard it personally. So the wrong voices are not allowed to influence us. We have to put a guard there because we have an eye gate, we have an ear gate, we have a nose gate, we have a mouth gate, and we have a touch gate. All of these things are things in our lives that if we touch the wrong thing, smell the wrong thing, or sniff the wrong thing, whatever, or hear the wrong thing, see the wrong thing. Have you ever said this after you see something? Oh, my God, I can't unsee that. And you can't. You can't unsee it. Once you've allowed that to come in, you can't unsee it. And if you hear something, you can't unhear it. We've got to be extremely careful. I'm still in the learning stages of this. And I'm a lot past 40. A lot past 40. But if we allow the wrong things to come in to our lives, it will influence the path of our lives. For good or for evil. What you feed your body determines your physical health. What you feed your mind affects your mental health. And what you feed your spirit affects your spiritual health. So the voice we get inside us, the voice we hear and the voices we allow affect our body, soul, and spirit, our whole, our whole lifestyle. And so the Holy Spirit, I tell you, what, I'm, I'm excited about your, your, your series coming up on the Holy Spirit. I got to encourage you, encourage you to study the ministry of the Holy Spirit. I'm just touching the, I'm just scratching the surface here today. He's our teacher. He's our counselor. Oh, Lord, should I do this or do that? What do you think? It, it, should, I, should I marry this person or should I marry that person? Or should we have children or not have children? It just goes on and on. He's our counselor. He, he's our hearing aid. He help us hear the right stuff. Keep out the bad stuff. Our, he's our guide into truth, the Bible says. He leads us into truth. He's our source of power. Wow, life power. The Holy Spirit. We need to keep praying, Lord, I need to be filled with your spirit. Even, I know he lives in me, but I need to be filled. I need to overflow with the spirit of God. Overflow so that people are affected by the overflow. I was walking through a church meeting once, uh, a dinner, church dinner once, and lots of no room between tables. Ever been to one of those? And I'm carrying a glass of iced tea, right? Two glasses of iced tea. One for Nancy, one for me. 
and I'm doing like this. And all of a sudden, somebody stands up and bumps my arm. Guess what? I was not very popular with people over here. And that's the way I want the Holy Spirit to be in my life. So that if I'm bumped, he comes out. I don't flash anger. I don't flash disappointment or frustration. I want him to come out. Right? Well. So if we allow him, he will be the bouncer at every door of our lives. He'll be the bouncer. He'll be there. Somebody wants to, well, somebody wants to get in my hearing. He'll, he'll stop him and say, who is this? What do you want? Why are you here? I want to see something. He'll stand there and say, what, what do you want? Who are you? If we'll let him. Well, because I'll tell you what, I don't know if you're, if you're like me, I can't do it in my own strength. I just can't do it in my own strength. The, the, the temptations out there, you know, in my own strength, I'd be a lot weaker. But in him, I can be stronger than I would be without him. And he will be the bouncer. He'll examine everything that wants to get into our lives, and he'll make a godly judgment, and he will tell us that godly judgment, and then we will have to make the decision, I'm going to obey it, or I'm not going to obey it. We still have free choice. And all I can tell you, life is richer when you obey. But I don't want to miss out on that fun. Life will be richer if you obey. Isaiah 30, verse 21, that I read before. I want to remind us again about it. Right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way you should go. This is the way you should go. That's a voice we really need to concentrate on hearing, whether to the right or to the left. John 16, 13, When the spirit of truth comes, and he has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will never guide you into anything that's harmful. He will never guide you anything that's a lie. In John 8, verse 32, you shall know the truth, Jesus said, and the truth will make you free. The Holy Spirit is the voice of truth. He is the voice that will tell us what is true. And the interesting thing is a lot of translations um, translate this, the, the, the truth will set you free. Well, there's a difference between being set free and being made free. You can be set free from jail, but then you have to be made free by staying out of jail, right? There has to be something forming within you. That's so the truth will form the presence of God in you. This doesn't set you free. It does set you free, but then it begins to form you. So I prefer the truth will make you free. The, the, the truth will mold you into the image of Christ, which is what he wants us to be. Now I've got one last slide out there. This is Jesus with his disciples. This is Jesus with us. He wants to sit down with us and have a conversation. And he wants to guide us into truth. He wants to say, this is the way. This is the way to go. He'll say, don't listen to that voice. Don't listen to that. 
Don't look at that. Don't eat that. Well, this morning, I, I would like to challenge you. Cameo's going to come. She's going to sing a song that I asked her to sing for us tonight. But I want to challenge you this morning. This room, oh, what, a couple hundred people, 300 people, whatever. You all come from different places. You've all got different issues and struggles and joy things in your life. All kinds of things going on in your life. And some of you this morning would say, I think I'm listening to the wrong voices. I think I need help with this. Well, God is your helper. He's your helper. Or you're saying, I've listened to the wrong voice and I've made a mess of things. Well, he's here to help straighten you out. Or you said, I've heard they didn't have to be saved. Jesus says, oh, yes, you do. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Yeah. All kinds of things going on. So I'd like you, just as you sit here for a moment, just examine your heart. Have you listened to the wrong voice? Are you struggling with voices that are at you and that you're tempted by? Let me tell you something about temptation. You can never be tempted by something you do not desire. If I don't desire to cheat on my wife, I can't be tempted by that. Can't, I'm not tempted by it. They'll say, why don't you just say, no, that's crazy. No, not interested. So I don't know what's going on in your life, but perhaps something in this message this morning has spoken to you. And you're saying, I need to take some action in my life. I need to listen more carefully to the Holy Spirit. And I'm troubled by this, or I'm difficult. I just, there's so much going on. But if you're, if you're there and you really want to see a change take place, I'm going to invite you to just come up here and stand around the front up here. Just come up here and stand. And we're going to pray with you. We're going to believe God with you that he's going to change whatever direction needs to be changed. He's going to guard whatever gate needs to be guarded. We don't need to know the details. But when you move forward from where you're sitting, you're, you're just saying, I'm, I just want to get closer to God's will for my life. I just want to get closer to that. So you're not, there's nothing magic about up here. But you're, but you're saying, I'm going to make a move closer to God. I'm going to make a move away from some of the stuff that I've been involved in and toward God. And nobody's going to judge you. Nobody's going to know what, what your issue is. Because we all got them. So as Cameo begins to sing, I want you to just come. Just come and stand. And we're going to pray with you. All right? Do that.